morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to the Sage Sayers. I'm Debbie, a narrative and communications coach from New Zealand based in the fine state of Wisconsin. In this week's episode of the Sage Sayers, I'm sharing with you chapter one of the perfect novel of my life a narrative coaching exercise helping us discover our inherent gifts to the world and ways to find the gift, the knowledge and the opportunities within each challenging situation. I learned this exercise through the Positive Intelligence Mental Fitness Program under the training and leadership of Coach Hazard Shamim. I loved this exercise so much I created my own hybrid combining journalism narrative coaching and storytelling. And I offer this to my clients to help them build self-awareness, storytelling excerpts for themselves and their ventures, and to build confidence. I've found when we know from where we emerged and when we discover the source of our strengths and values and how and where we learned them, we feel a comfort and knowing we've never experienced before. My chapter one of my perfect novel of my life covers my first five years, and in today's podcast, I'm sharing some excerpts. In listening, I hope you might feel some spark to write your own. Chapter one. It's September 5, 1970, a Saturday, and in New Zealand, where I'm from, this Saturday also fell before Father's Day, which falls each year on September 6. Other significant world events on this day in history include a new state record of rainfall in Bug Point, Utah, a whole six inches. Operation Jefferson Glen begins in the Vietnam War on this day. This was the US's 101st Airborne Division. Jochen Rindt, the German-born racing driver who competed with an Austrian license died on this day. And within the year of 1970, my birth year, New Zealand had other exciting events, aside from me being born. In 1970, Maori players and New Zealand's rugby team, the All Blacks, were selected for the 1970 All Blacks tour, but had to visit South Africa as honorary whites. Many felt that this was no improvement on reducing apartheid and condemned the New Zealand Rugby Football Union for agreeing to these terms. Another world event in 1970, my birth year, within New Zealand I mean, the Society for the Protection of the Unborn Child was founded that year by pioneering New Zealand fetal surgeon Professor Sir William Lyley. And United States Vice President Spiro Agnew's visit to New Zealand in January 1970 sparked some violent confrontations outside his hotel between anti-Vietnam War demonstrators and police. But what else was swirling around me in this pivotal first year of my life? Well, As an infant, I wouldn't have known much about what was swirling around me, but from as early as aged three, I can remember the land, the seasons, our relationship with the land, and how all of this felt. South Canterbury, New Zealand, and specifically Upper Waitui, the farming district where I lived, 
was rolling green hills as far as the eye could see. On a clear day, and there were many, from the highest hilltop you could see the Pacific Ocean glistening in the sun. From the other side, views of the pristine southern Alps of New Zealand welcomed us and provided a wonderful incentive to climb those hills. We saw bright blue skies, fertile farmland full of crops, later including calendula. There was always hay, and there were plenty of sheep and cattle. I remember crystal, sparkling rivers and vibrant bird life, including wax eyes, tuis, and fantails, my favourite. These sweet wee birds had tail feathers, the outer feathers black, the inner light, which spread to a beautiful fan. My parents' farm, where I was born, raised sheep and then later cattle. The valley where I lived later with my mother was stunning, with portobello mushrooms growing on the spring hillsides, streams full of eel and trout, and orchards swollen with apples, apricots and pears. Our pantry filled up with preserves and beautifully labelled jam jars in my mother's gorgeous cursive font when we couldn't eat or give away any more. This remote valley sat 40 minutes drive from the nearest city of Timaru, where I was born, in Timaru Regional Hospital, and 15 from the nearest village of Pleasant Point, which is where I later went in my second chapter, to my very first primary school. Few cars or trucks passed by the gravelly road connecting the farms, aside from one year when car racing swept into the valley, making a terrible sound and then disappeared never to be seen again. But what was the feeling from this time? I remember my girlhood feelings of this first chapter, including a peace with the land, a feeling of peace with this land, and as children, the sense that we needed little else to feel happy or be happy. I remember a feeling of adventure and knowing that the land provided endless roaming and lessons. I felt safety and knowing We were remote, far from traffic, strangers and other harm. I felt community, this valley and those who lived there. We all helped each other. What become my most vibrant memories of this first life chapter, the first perfect novel of my life chapter? Well, my very first memory comes from age three. I remember my mother's white-tiered brodery onglite Anglaise skirt as she fed our pet chickens. Together we reached into a yellow bucket full of seed and scattered it to the birds. This is my very first memory. I remember liking the sweet sounds of the chickens as much as my mother talking to her girls. And I remember the feeling from this memory. Contentment. Just for being with my mum and seeing and being with her in this happy place. I remember feeling amazed at the visuals of the brightly feathered chickens and their extraordinary sounds. A slightly later memory comes from picking portobello mushrooms behind our cottage after my parents' marriage dissolved. 
Mum was an amazing tutor, teaching us how to lift gently the portobello mushrooms from the soil, gently placing your hand up and under to pluck them without harm, then stack them in the buckets upside down to avoid bruising them. Once home, she'd fry the mushrooms with butter and serve them to us with fresh garden peas and a poached egg from our chickens and toast. Years later in San Francisco, I laughed at Whole Foods, the popular supermarket chain, charging $10 for one portobello mushroom. These delicious, protein-rich mushrooms grew wild behind my childhood home. Another ongoing memory from this first life chapter comes from drawing out my ideas and even writing my very first books. In 1970 to 1975, little technology existed. No Kindles, no phones, no Alexa, no Wi-Fi, and only two channels on our TV. We had Channel 1 and Channel 2. The Goodnight Kiwi, an iconic cartoon, said goodnight to New Zealand every night at 11.30pm, and then the screen would go blank. My indoor activities therefore tied to books, a few toys, and drawing out ideas which sparked in me bliss, joy, and transported me places too. And a final vibrant memory from this time was this feeling of wanting to help. We farm kids cleaned up. We fed the pets. We helped gather the harvest. We went to bed on time, partly because we felt pooped from roaming around all day, but also to respect our elders. Joy and comfort resulted. My own children today laugh when I share my 7pm bedtime story. Way too early, they say. But I remember hearing the bird song from my bedroom windows. The sheets tucked hospital style from my mother's nursing training. Tight and snug. The sun dipped. And with the flicker of my holly hobby candle on my bedstand, I'd fall asleep watching interesting shadows cast over my bedroom walls, painted a cheerful, hopeful yellow, the colour of the buttercups I loved to pick for my mum. So what become three main gifts, opportunities and or knowledge that I've gathered from this life chapter and which still serve me today? Inevitable challenges that come from financial hardship and parental divorce surfaced within this first life chapter. But as a practitioner of mental fitness, the ability to respond to life's challenges from a positive versus a negative mindset, I know I gathered immense gifts, opportunities and knowledge too. The sage perspective makes this first chapter within the novel of my life within anybody's life, perfect. Here are the gifts I took from this time. Love and appreciation for pristine, beautiful nature. Years ago, I learned even my baby naps took place under trees. 
in my pram with mesh protecting me from any random bugs or leaf debris which might fall my way. That and years of childhood roaming outdoors taught me nature instills peace, calm and perspective within. Today, the gentle rustling of leaves and the trees transforms me. It's an auditory mindfulness, a reminder to stop, reflect, recharge. And that's a gift. Resourcefulness. Living in New Zealand's wilderness as a girl, we learn to fix versus replace, share and barter, make an abandoned cottage our home. This resourcefulness made me creative, independent and determined. These qualities attracted me to entrepreneurship, journalism, coaching and empowered me to know I'll figure things out even when I later travelled the world solo. Resilience to change. The change we encountered in my first five years continued through to my teens and fueled my courage to leave New Zealand solo on a one-way ticket to Tokyo at age 20. That's a later chapter I'm still working on. My goal avoiding unemployment in New Zealand, inevitable for college graduates at the time, and to learn Japanese. I've reinvented myself three times across three continents and the same number of industries, most recently with COVID-19 swirling around behind me. This welcoming versus resisting change I absorbed from my mother and from my girlhood. I feel gratitude. For this lesson. And this sharing marks the end of chapter one of the perfect novel of my life. I hope you enjoyed taking this journey with me. If you're wondering what the gifts, opportunities and the knowledge you gained from your life might look and feel like, check out the show notes for my narrative coaching workshops or book a sample session, just the two of us, through the Calendly link. Thanks for listening to the Sage Sayers. This is Debbie McCullough, and I'll speak with you again next week. Bye for now.